We get it, you're busy. You wanna grow and we wanna help. You're passionate about your craft because it deeply matters to you. Your faith is important, it's your foundation. At Stay Forth, we coach leaders to avoid burnout, live and lead with clarity, purpose, and from a place of health. We want you to experience long-term impact. Welcome to the journey. You know that I talk a lot about energy. Energy is really important to me. I talk about return on energy as a leader. And I want to share about something that's been really helpful for my energy. And I've actually become a big fan of. You know that I love me some coffee, but I hate depending on caffeine. Unfortunately, I've been there several times in my life and I have depended on caffeine too much. But what I realized heading into this fall is that not only I was tired, but I needed to make some pretty serious changes to my life. So I went down to one cup of coffee a day and I took Fridays off and I began taking this little shot called Magic Mind. Of course, I was skeptical at first. I'd heard of nootropics, I've heard of matcha, but how can it be coffee? And what I've found is that throughout the fall and now every single day, it brings me focus and some clarity, but without that crash that I used to experience. So I'll still take some afternoon naps, but I don't feel like I have to now every day. So I'm a big fan of Magic Mind, especially when I head home. I'm not dragging through the late afternoon when I step back into dad mode and pick up my kids. So if you're interested, you can pick up a month free of Magic Mind. Um, the link is down below in the show notes if you're interested in checking it out. Maybe trade your second cup of coffee each day for some Magic Mind. Welcome back, friends. This is a huge week for us here at Stay Forth. Why? Well, we have just released our third edition of the Right Side Up Journal, and it is on Amazon. It is out there in the world, and we've even got, if you go straight to the site where you can order it, we've got a digital download of that for Kindle or Remarkable. We've got the soft cover. We've got the hard cover. I don't know about you, but I need paper. I need to be able to write that down in paper. I went into my journal this morning. It's working really well, and we are so excited to get that thing reached. We also want to ask a favor is that if you have used the Right Side of Journal at all before and believe in some of those tools in there, would you leave us a rating and a review right there on Amazon? We would love to have that from you so that this can spread to more and more people. We're getting the word out. Third edition of the Right Side Up Journal has just dropped this week. We've worked crazy hard on that. We've had some delays in the process, but it is now fully live. So go ahead and get it share it with your team, order several copies, and again, we would love a review. I'm a student of leaders. I'm always watching leaders. And there's this question in the back of my mind, probably in the back of your mind as well, is why do some leaders just continue to get it done? Some leaders just keep making progress. They just keep elevating. They just keep launching things and creating new movement out into the world. How do they do it? And I'm going to break it down in this episode. Also, I look at my own life and I have a few regrets, but more than that, I have some near misses, some things that I almost didn't seize. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about three things that great leaders do, three surprising things that success actually comes from. 
and they're surprising. You would not imagine them. But then once you think about them, you can actually reverse engineer backward. So a couple things, I want you to bring out your journal for this one, hit pause if you need to. If you're watching us on YouTube, you'll get to see some of the resources and I'll show you some things. If you're just listening, you'll be just fine. But I do want you to pause and think about the questions toward the end. Otherwise, this is gonna be some good content. You're gonna say, yep, there are three things, I got it in my mind, but you're not actually going to activate on these. I'm going to reference also one of my favorite books in this time that may be a surprising book to you as well that you maybe haven't have heard of. So let's get going. There are those leaders. They just keep elevating over time. And the question in our mind is what is different about them? What do they have? What is what is unique? Do they have some secret sauce? Do they have pixie dust that the rest of us don't have? And as I look back into the past, what is surprising about some of the areas of success that I have stepped into, whether they are recent or whether they go back a ways, is that I almost didn't seize them. They, they snuck up on me and I almost didn't know to be able to seize them. I'm gonna share three different stories about these three different ingredients and some of these kind of border on slightly embarrassing all the way to something that we have taken a risk we have actually seized this week. So first of all, this first ingredient of success is opportunity. Opportunity. Opportunities get us moving and wise leaders steward opportunities. Here's the challenge. They don't come to you as opportunities. Let me share a story with you. I got uh, this email, it came across my inbox and it was uh, an opportunity to speak at a conference. This conference was happening in my hometown, and here is the challenge. I emailed back with them, and they actually said, yeah, we're not gonna be able to pay you for this speaking opportunity, but we would like for you to speak on the main stage. Now, I call this the hometown treatment, when other people coming on planes are paid their fair rates to speak, and because you're somebody in town, well, let's just see if we can sneak you in there. And so at first, I was a little frustrated, maybe even offended by this. And as I started to think about it over the next few days, I just kind of left it in my inbox. I honestly thought I was going to turn it down. In the course of my coaching and some of the other opportunities, it's hard to take a few days completely off work, especially because I would have to cancel some pre-existing coaching sessions with great humans. And you know who you are, who are coaching clients. I hate canceling. And so all of that, I just thought, nah, it doesn't make sense. But I left it in my inbox. After sleeping on it for a few days, I thought, maybe there's an opportunity here. I have home field advantage in my city. I know a lot of people here. Maybe I could plan some other events outside of this. Maybe I could invite people to some of my favorite places who are here for a few days and maybe have some free time uh, in the evenings after the conference. So I planned a dinner myself with some of the people that I love from this city in a place that I love, in a place that I thought would be very interesting to those people. Then as I went further on and actually committed to the conference, I also, I didn't know what I was invited to speak about. So the reality is I could speak about anything. So I love creating fresh talks. So this was an opportunity as well to try out some of my kind of new material there with a different audience. The third opportunity um, that I saw actually came in my inbox just a few days after I committed. They said, we're getting all the speakers together for a dinner. 
And during this dinner, we get a chance to get to know each other a little bit. Often speakers don't get to chat very long in the green room. We're, we're kind of all busy talking with people and we're up on the stage. So we don't necessarily get that opportunity. So what I found was that in saying yes, I went from, I don't think I'm going to say yes to this, to three different opportunities that were right on my plate. They were honestly going to be really good opportunities. What I've found is that great opportunities don't come to you wrapped in a box. They come to you in little slivers. A great opportunity is probably not going to come to you saying, here's the highest paid gig you've ever had. Here's a great opportunity to speak for the main stage. I know you haven't done this before, but we are going to pay you a lot of money, put you in this primo slot. It just doesn't happen like that. You may get a breakout session. You may actually have to pay to go to that conference. They find out you're there and then give you the opportunity to share. Recently, I was attending an event and last minute, the organizer said, hey, actually, Alan, do you want to lead a session on this? And not only was I not prepared for that, but I had the opportunity to go, yeah, sure. And so I'm kind of always prepared and never prepared, if that makes sense, when something comes up on the fly. So this sliver of an opportunity, a great leader will pause long enough to go, hmm, how could this be an opportunity? I'm so glad that out of spite or frustration, I did not send them an email immediately and say, no, I can't do that. I need to... Uh, you know, charge a certain amount for an honorarium when I speak. So it was a great opportunity for me to flip that. So whenever you want to see an opportunity truly as an opportunity, then you need to change your mindset. Before you change your actions, you need to change your mindset. My mindset shifted and I asked this dangerous question, how could this be an opportunity? Of course, danger in the best way. Secondly, when you steward small opportunities, you get bigger opportunities. When you steward small opportunities, you get bigger opportunities. Here's what happened. During that dinner, I connected with someone that then became a coaching client, then shared with their friends, then shared with other people in their networks. I've worked with for years in multiple capacities. I've actually developed a friendship because they were sitting right next to me there at that dinner. That dinner opened up countless coaching opportunities for me. And that dinner has been the single greatest catalyst to more coaching, the impact and the depth of coaching than I've ever had. That one single dinner that I wouldn't have had an opportunity for. And the second dinner that I planned in my city was a hit. People found each other, connected with one another, different organizations connected during that time. Not only was it fun in the moment, but it has yielded relational fruit down the line. The speaking opportunity led to other speaking opportunities as well. Many times opportunities come disguised as challenges or come disguised as something that's really, really small. But what I've found is that when you steward an opportunity, you will get bigger opportunities. Friends, opportunities get you moving, steward them. Maybe they're small. Are they somewhere that you want to go down the line in the future? Is this an audience you want to be in front of? Is this an opportunity you want to do more of? Then steward that opportunity. I want to give you a couple questions to just leave you with on this first one. What are three opportunities you have right now? They're probably going to be small, but reflect on this. What are three opportunities that you have right now? And secondly, and very simply, how will you steward those opportunities right now? Again, that is the first habit of a great leader. When an opportunity comes their way, 
they have a mindset shift that doesn't say, no, this is a bad opportunity, but actually shifts it to say, how could this be an opportunity for me? They're disguised sometimes as challenges, sometimes as very small slivers. They won't come to you wrapped in a box. Great opportunities come to you in all kinds of different ways. The second O is obstacles. When you seize an opportunity and you continue to seize opportunities, I hate to tell you, but you will have obstacles. Like my favorite children's book that I read to my kids and was read to me as I was a kid, we're going on a bear hunt. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You got to go through it. And that is what an obstacle is. You are on the mountain climbing journey to your peak. You're heading to the next thing that we're going to talk about. You've chosen that goal, that dream, that outcome that you want. You're heading in that direction. And then you hit an obstacle. Friends, if you hit an obstacle, first of all, it means you're normal. Secondly, this is a call for resilience. What I found about obstacles as I observe great leaders is that obstacles limit your movement, so you need to overcome them. They limit your movement. If you're climbing a mountain and you hit a massive stream, that's going to limit your movement. You've got to work around them or you got to go through it. If you come to a huge rock outcropping, you come to a scary snow field that could be an avalanche waiting to happen, they are going to limit your movement. You got to go around them or you're going to be stuck. Obstacles have this crazy opportunity for us to actually shift our mindset again. Before we shift our actions, we shift our mindset and we ask, hmm, what is behind this obstacle? How could this challenge me to think differently? Great leaders overcome obstacles by going around them or moving through them. They actually find innovation along the way. Overcome your obstacles. Now, let me share a story with you. It's very fresh to me and I'm actually in process of. I've been watching two things over the course of the last few years. First of all, is the publishing industry and the changes there. And secondly, is Amazon and the opportunities to self-publish. Now, it used to be that self-publishing happened kind of through a few different side companies. You had to pay a lot of money to be able to do that. But Amazon created their own self-publishing arm. Now, it wasn't very good at first, and it was pretty clunky at first. And so it wasn't seen as something that was a great opportunity. But more and more authors and thought leaders have taken the risk and have self-published. Now, less and less people are getting publishing contracts today as publishers are looking for people with large audiences and large amount of influence and stages and things like that. So that leaves a huge gap in the middle of people who have a great message, they have great thoughts, they just don't know how to get it out to the world. You ever thought about that? Maybe you have a book that's waiting inside of you. Maybe you finished that book, but you say, oh, I could never get it published. I could never get a publishing contract. Well, after hearing enough people say that, and after myself thinking, I wonder how publishing could actually be an opportunity right now. Less people getting publishing contracts who have small audiences, more opportunities to self-publish through Amazon. After long amounts of thought in the process, I want the best of both. I want to have the creative control of this, but also the excellence that can be brought by a publisher. And I'm grateful for publishers. I was published, uh, I've written four books so far, and I'm about to release my fifth. And I realized that publishers have it together. They have people on staff to be able to take care of all the things from editing to layout, to design, to launch, all those kind of things. So the question is, what if there's something in the middle? What if there's something in the middle? What if this obstacle 
and we go around this obstacle of self-publishing and pure self-publishing or this obstacle of going through a publisher, is there something in the middle? So I started to dream about that. And in addition to launching my next book on April 9th, it's called Anti-Burnout, A Lighter Way to Live and Lead in a Heavy World. In addition to launching that book, I am also launching a hybrid publisher. Now, this hybrid publisher sort of brings the best of a traditional publisher and that some of the services that you need could be included in that. And it also gives you the creative control over here to be able to choose the cover you want, choose the timeline you want, choose the launch day you want. And I don't like to wait 18 months on a book. That's another obstacle is that they're so slow. I want to make sure that this book gets into um, people's hands and hearts and minds before election and before some of the madness and division of this year. So the obstacle actually became the opportunity. We have to shift our mindset before we can shift our actions. As we come up upon an obstacle, here are a few things to remember. Obstacles can block our view of the outcome that we want. They can block our view in the moment. We could say, nope, I'm done with writing books. Self-publishing is too hard, or I couldn't get a contract through a traditional publisher, whatever is in our mind. And then we actually need to flip it and to say, how could this be an opportunity? Secondly, obstacles help us think creatively and innovate. Obstacles help us think creatively. Instead of the old way, which was seen as if I don't have a publisher, I can't publish a book, or instead of uh, the other direction of self-publishing, is there something in the middle? And I believe that I'm helping to leverage the best of both while I can help get some other people published along the way through this hybrid publisher. Now, I'm not saying that it's easy. Once you shift your mindset, you've got action to do. Mindset shifts, and then you've got action. I've got a lot on my plate right now to be able to take this book through the whole process and make sure that it's out there, it's excellent, it's market ready, and it's launched officially for you to get on April 9th. Not to say that it is easy, but to say that it is possible. Very important to be able to see that. That mindset shift that we're not going to be able to just avoid the conversation and say, nope, I'm not ever supposed to write again. Of course not. What is the right pathway? How do we push through this? And how can we find ourselves in a place where we can innovate, think creatively, and ultimately change the world in the meantime? Obstacles will be there. I hate to tell you that. They're going to come. If you have a dream, if you have vision, if you have something that is inside of you, everything looks great. The cultural prophet Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. You can plan how you're going to get through uh, the sixth round and the ninth round of the fight, but the moment that you get punched in the face and jarred, how many leaders quit in that moment? It's too hard. This can't happen. And part of one of the greatest things that I've watched leaders do is to say, oh, here was the obstacle and change their mindset. How can we go around it? How can we go through this? How can this actually become an opportunity? So I'm going to leave you with a couple of questions thinking about obstacles. What obstacles could you overcome for a new outcome? What obstacles could you overcome and find a new outcome? And secondly, how can that outcome change the world? How can that outcome change the world? When we think about publishing, we think there's a significant gap so many of the leaders that maybe you have a burning message inside of you, but you've quit before you even started the writing process. 
how many books are finished, they're on somebody's computer, they're ready to ship out to the world, and they have no idea how to get that message out. I just don't like that idea. And before we move on to the third one, I want to draw your attention to one of my favorite books. If you're seeing this here on YouTube, you will see a great image of that. It's one of my favorite books uh, of all time and is my favorite book from Seth Godin. It's got pictures in there and it's got quotes. It's incredibly inspiring. And I read through it, I don't know, about twice a year. It's not a long read. Again, the pictures, I love that. Uh, Quotes, thoughts from history and current thoughts. I love Seth Godin as a thinker. And a couple of things he says in the middle of this book that I absolutely love. First of all, he said, the cost of being wrong is less than the cost of doing nothing. The greatest risk I believe you can take is doing nothing. Is to use the book example, nope, there's there's no way that I'm going to go through this process. I don't want to write a whole book and then not know what to, what I should do with it. And by the way, starting a hybrid publisher is not the only option. You could create... 15 other ideas for how to get that content meaningfully out into the world. Your task right now is to do something, to take action, and then you'll have options down the line. The greatest risk we can take is doing nothing. Later in the book, he says this, sooner or later, it comes to this. Great work is the result of seeking out tension, not avoiding it. Great work doesn't require reassurance. In fact, it avoids it. Great work doesn't require reassurance. It avoids it. I can't tell you that at the end of this obstacle, here is going to be the exact point you're going to get to. Here's the exact pathway. Things change. We have to adapt. Our world is quickly changing right now. And so if you are looking for reassurance, I want you to shift your mindset to risk. Everything is a risk. But the greatest risk is actually staying put, is doing nothing is not taking your idea farther, not taking that hire to the next phase to interview that person, not taking that idea and turning it into a tool, not launching that crazy idea that you have as a prototype. I sat in a living room just the other night with a group of people and it was just a fiery, fiery group of people saying, here's the idea. The obstacle is pretty great in making this happen, but we want that outcome so much that we are willing to go through the pain of not knowing this not having done it before, not having the resources. We are going to come together, put this date on the calendar, and we are going to figure it out. I'm part of that launch team, and I can guarantee you this, we're going to figure it out. And the biggest risk would be us not doing anything in this moment that we are definitely called to do as a team. So again, the first habit or the first surprising way that success happens is by opportunities, generally small ones. Opportunities get us moving, so the challenge is to steward them. Secondly, are the obstacles we'll hit along the way. Obstacles limit our movement, so we need to overcome them. And thirdly, are outcomes. Leaders who see success, they have a clear outcome they're going for. It doesn't mean that you know every step of the plan, but it means that to use the mountain climbing analogy, you've got a couple of mountains that you say, that's the goal. That's the first summit I want to climb. This is the second summit I want to climb. That's where I want to head. And if you don't have an outcome that I can guarantee you, you don't know what opportunities to take. You don't know what obstacles you need to go around, or is it even worth it? You're going to turn around and you're going to quit because it's just too hard. Outcomes create change. The challenge is to seize them. So again, if we need to steward opportunities, if we need to overcome obstacles, 
We need to seize an outcome. When it is there, it is in front of us, like that group that I talked about the other night that's in a living room, and we are saying, here, this is the outcome we want, and we are close, and we are going to head toward that. I want to share my third story with you. A few years ago, we had the vision for the Right Side Up Journal becoming the best journal out there. When we launched the Right Side Up Journal about five years ago, it was a companion tool for coaching. We knew that there was something great about this. We knew that we wanted to get leaders traction, but our questions changed along the way. I began to ask the question, what would have to be true to create the best deal in leadership development? I know that's crazy and audacious, especially considering all the incredible thought leaders and companies out there who are helping leaders. What would have to be true to create the best deal in leadership development? And so what started for 20 bucks is now $29, $39 for the hardcover, $49 for the one-time digital download. And so that we said, okay, for that amount of money, how do we pack so much value in there? And what we wanted to do was two things. We wanted to deepen the impact and we wanted to widen the reach. And in deepening the impact, we thought, well, what if we could put coaching tools in there? What if we could put videos in there that actually guide people to the next tool, that take them to aisle 12 when they have a question at the grocery store instead of just pointing there? What if we could give them our best questions from coaching and promptings and tools that we have? What if we could just pack them all in there? Then we utilized QR codes as the world changed during COVID and we went to a QR code world. What if these videos could connect you to the right spot when you had a question about that? What if instead of having to go through coaching, which is not for everybody and can be quite expensive as an investment, what if everybody could get a little slice of coaching for just the price of ordering a journal? So that was the quality piece, the depth piece, but then the reach piece. We had been printing these locally and I love local business, but it just got too expensive and our team was shipping these out personally. Every single journal we were hand shipping out. We knew that if we were going to reach the biggest scale that we wanted to and get leaders this great opportunity, we were going to have to move over to Amazon. The biggest website in the world will actually ship these for us. And so in taking the process over to Amazon, we have increased the reach. So that is, I mean, literally a risk that we have gone through that is happening this week. Just a few days ago, this launched out to the world for a third edition, and I believe it's the best deal in leadership development. For $29.99, you can have a three-month journey that organizes your goals together with some incredible coaching tools that takes some of the best things that we've discovered in leadership development and walks you along for 90 days. To me, that's just a crazy, crazy deal, but it started with this outcome. Here's the outcome we want create the best deal in leadership development and do it through a journal. And we believe that we've done that. I almost missed that opportunity because I thought we always want to print these locally. We're always going to be shipping these ourselves. This is always going to be a coaching companion tool, and it's going to be limited by people ordering it from our website. You have to change your mindset before you change your actions. Again, those three, and then let me leave you with a few questions. For an opportunity an opportunity gets us moving. We need to steward them. For an obstacle, an obstacle can limit our movement. We need to overcome them. And for an outcome, an outcome can create change. We need to seize them. Steward opportunities, overcome obstacles, and seize outcomes. That, my friend, 
is very important for you to keep your mindset on. And I would encourage you to think about a leader that you admire, a great leader in history, whether they are dead and you've read their biography or whether they're living now and you study them, look for those three things and you will see those three things right there. A small opportunity. Maybe they didn't have the opportunity to run for president if you're thinking about a president that has shaped our our history, but through a series of events, they found themselves in that opportunity and they ended up pushing through the obstacles and shaping history. So that was my story. That is our current risk. And that is the mindset shift that you will need. Instead of from, oh, I'll just land on that shore someday. Oh, I'll just accidentally climb that mountain. It won't happen. You need to choose the outcome that you are heading toward. Maybe for you, this is about calling. Maybe for you, this is about vocation. Maybe there is a need in the world that you simply can't let go. It is a burning passion inside of you. Friend, if it's the book, if it's the company, the side hustle, the tool, the initiative, the nonprofit, if you have found a pain point in the world, when you are compelled by an outcome, you will see slivers of opportunity and you will overcome the outcome, or excuse me, you will overcome the obstacle to be able to get to that outcome. Let me give you a couple of thoughts about outcomes and let me leave you with one more question. Outcomes compel us to steward opportunities and to overcome obstacles. It's just, if, if this is the thing we're heading toward, then I just simply have to see what's there. Our eyes are open. We see the small opportunity, even if it's a sliver. And then there's an obstacle. The question is not, uh, is it time to quit? But how am I going to go around this? Or how am I going to go through this? And outcomes lift us to a new level of both excellence and commitment. They lift us to this new level of excellence and commitment. I can tell you that our third edition of the journal is way better than the second, which is way better than the first. We created an excellent journal and then our level went up because we were compelled to serve you, to serve the leader that we don't want to burn out, to flame out. In the meantime, we worked so hard to be able to make that thing happen. We sold all the copies of our second edition. And as we were doing that, we were developing this and figure out what technologies can we include, what tools can we include, and what habits can we help you develop so that this tool actually changes your life and your leadership. I want to leave you with one more question. What three outcomes are you dreaming about in the near future? What three outcomes are you dreaming about in the near future? And lastly, what do you need to do to seize them? Great leaders have those three habits. Those three O's right there that lead to success. That surprisingly we may not see. You won't learn them in a leadership course. You don't see these maybe in the greatest books that are out there, but you see them in the greatest leaders. Number one, great leaders steward the opportunities they have, even if they're small. Great leaders overcome the obstacles, even if they are daunting. And great leaders seize outcomes, even if they seem near impossible. Friend, those are three things that we want you to make a habit of. If you are ready to go for that right now, but you don't have clarity, then you need coaching. If you are ready for one-on-one coaching, even just to try it out or check it out, we always offer a free breakthrough coaching session. So we would love for you to reply over to hello at stayforth.com. That's hello at stayforth.com. Also, you can check below in the show notes. 
and just say, I'm ready for a breakthrough coaching session. We'll get you scheduled with one of our coaches. We want you to find clarity so that you can do those three things we've talked about in this episode. All right, friends, we will catch you on the next episode of Stay Forth Leadership Podcast. Signing off.